Hello everyone and thank you for streaming We're Listening, a podcast all about Frasier. This is just a quick message to let you know that when we started this podcast, Kieran and I knew next to nothing about editing, recording, etc. And so the quality of this episode is noticeably worse than the next one. If you want to listen to our thoughts on the pilot of Frasier, then by all means stick around, but feel free to jump to the next episode. Either way, we hope you enjoy listening. First things first, have you got yourself a nice beverage before we begin? I don't know. I probably should grab something, should I? Man, a nice cup of tea to accompany this could be oh. just what you need to ease the nerves. That's what I need. Well, what I need is a pint, don't I? But, mm. right. we, should, we should take this on the road to some pubs or something. I think that would be nice. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Grabbed a drink. You've grabbed a drink. Okay. Well, let's just get going. So, okay, then. Hey. So, when did you start watching the pilot, the rewatch? Was it yesterday? I rewatched it yesterday, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I watched when... it just before the football. Okay. When was the last time you'd actually seen the pilot? Like how many times have you actually ran through the series? Do you do you keep track? Have you seen I've the pilot seen, a lot? I've seen the pilot quite a lot. I'd say that I've seen the first like half of the run of the show mm. a lot more than the second half. Because I'm one of those people who will at least once a year sit down and go, Okay, I'm gonna watch this show from beginning yeah. to end and run through it. And then sometimes I get all the way through the show and there'll be other times I'll get to halfway through and then I'll get distracted. That's really um, interesting. Yeah. I'm really similar. I, I, I mean, I've, I've gone through Frasier so many times. You know, I own yeah. a really nice kind of yellow slipcase box set and it's all multicolored. It's really yeah. nice. Um, and it's all kind of falling apart because I've used it so much. But yeah. I, as, we, as we know and viewers will find out as we keep doing this, or listeners, mm. not viewers, um, we have our top 10 episodes, don't we? That we, we, yeah. we kept secret from each other. But I can let you know a little clue early on is that yeah. it is very much weighted towards the first seven seasons. I can actually tell you mine is exactly the same. I was even wondering, do I take out some of my favourites to put in later ones just to keep the suspense going? Wow. Do, I, do I run them all out early? But no, all of mine are fairly first half of the show heavy. That's cool. I was tempted to do like, yeah, a, a best episode from each season list as well, like a separate one. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's, I think that might be an idea actually when we get to about season seven or so, if we've run through our top 10. That would be is cool. To do, you know. And another thing I, I think would be a great idea to do would be to have a review of each season at the end of the season where we can yeah, go through maybe our top five or top 10 or something from that season. Little retrospective, I like that. So, as a pilot for a TV show, then we, you know, we've watched a lot of TV over the years. We've yeah. seen all the pilots. How do you think this kind of fares as a pilot for establishing the show, establishing the characters? What's your kind I think of vibe? It, as pilots go, I think it's up there with some of the, one, some of the very best. Mm. Because I think you get a lot of pilots where they literally just set the scene, but not a lot else really happens. Yeah. Whereas this, you're in with the jokes from the very get-go, from the very beginning. Yeah, I completely agree. And I think what's interesting about this is that if you change a few of the, the plot details around, like obviously we have Martin moving in with Frasier, the kind of yeah. the main plot points being established. If you moved a few of those around, it could genuinely serve as like a mid-season one episode. Yeah. Like, yeah. And it I think... doesn't feel like, oh, we're right here at the beginning. Let's quickly introduce everyone. Um, it's got a really naturalistic flow, I think. Like the fact it begins yeah. um, with Frasier like in situ in KACL, talking on the radio. Um, yeah, and that's such a good environment as well to set it up because he can give the, these speeches to his callers. Yeah, Which yeah, are absolutely. to us, really, as the viewers. Yeah, um, for sure. And like, I love which, the fact that he bookends the episode with, it begins with him there, and then it ends with him talking to Martin on KACL as well. 
Yeah, um, which is a beautiful yeah. ending. It is yeah. really, I think, a fantastic ending. I forgot how nice that was actually. Like, compared, it always has that tendency in American sitcoms. The last three minutes or so, it has that tugging on the heartstrings yeah. kind of denouement where we bring it all back in um, yeah. and resolve the conflict. But I can't remember an episode of Frasier that does that quite as well as the pilot. And I mean, that's just there so is, bizarre. There's one episode for me which I think because I've always thought the the perfect sitcom. I think a good sitcom makes you laugh. A mm. great sitcom isn't afraid to make you cry as well. And I think I, I if think you look at the best episodes of all the TV shows I've watched, they've all had those moments. And there's one episode of this one, and I won't say which one it is, but it's a, it's a Martin moment. And John Mahoney just plays it brilliantly. Yeah. And it's just, it's phenomenal television. He's such a, I mean, all of the actors involved and actresses, um, when I say actor, I kind of mean both male and female, um, yeah. all of them involved in this show. Like, they're all cast so well. They are, um, and you see that right from the first episode. They all seem to get their characters straight yeah. away. I think the only person maybe is Daphne is kind of hamming it up gonna, a little bit. I was going to say the same thing. I don't think she's quite got on her accent yet. I don't think yeah, she's quite... Yeah, the accent's a really contentious thing in, like, the yeah. community. It's, like, it's meant to be Mancunian, but kind of yeah. blends into Cockney. And Well, it was it was John Mahoney actually tried to teach you the accent, wasn't he? Because he's he's from England. Yeah, I always forget that. And there's one yeah. episode which will I, will... I always forget which one it is, but as we go through these, re-watching them, it will jog my memory. There's yeah. one where he goes down the passageway towards the bedrooms... And he yeah. shouts back to Daphne, Daphne wears my coat, but he says yeah. it in a British accent. And like yeah. he shouts it in a British accent. It's always really jarring because obviously they haven't caught that in, in post-production. Um, yeah. But it, the, the mask slips a little bit and you realise, oh my God, he's not this all-American blue collar. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's well, really like cantankerous. He's such, he's such a good actor. Yeah. such a world, world-class actor. And he's, he's brilliant. Yeah, and he's crazy as well when you think... I, I think that John Mahoney... I could be wrong in John Mahoney. I know certainly David Hyde Pierce. I think they were both the first choices for their parts. But, of course, um, Perry Gilpin, who played Roz, she wasn't the first. Um, Lisa Kudrow. I'm so was, glad um, you mentioned that, yeah. I was yeah. going to bring that up. Really interesting, because I was going to compare like how we compare this pilot to Friends, because Friends is yeah. probably the other sitcom I watched yeah. as much as I watched Frasier. But obviously yeah. a lot and I think I'm right in saying they came on around the same time. I think, yeah, I think Frasier yeah. aired one year before, but they both ended in the same year. Obviously, Frasier yeah. had one this season. Yeah. Uh, that's really interesting, yeah. So, what I mean, how different do you think it would have been with Lisa Kudrow as, as Ross? You, can you foresee how that would have panned I just, out? I can't picture it at all. I mean, no. I like Lisa Kudrow as an actor, uh, an actor, but I always feel like she's sort of playing the same character. Yeah, I know what you mean. I, and I'm just, I don't think, I know that they said that when they were shooting it with her, they didn't feel that there was that banter or that chemistry between her and um, and Kelsey Grammer. Yeah, um, I think I remember reading that actually. And it's it's weird because when Roz is first introduced in this, she's kind of putting on the producer's voice, you know. Yeah, I mean, if you look at the script, it, it describes her as having a soothing radio voice. Yeah, she's got that really you know? kind of euphonious, kind of sultry voice that obviously is, is a plot point in later episodes, you know, people yeah. kind of horny for Ross basically yeah like, sure. how she talks um but yeah she the banter's like there a little bit in the pilot but obviously yeah. we know that 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 becomes something much more significant after that yeah um, yeah and I mean I just couldn't picture anyone else in the role and that's a mark of someone who's really who does a good job with the character I think yeah absolutely you I know? think I think she's she's cast so well I mean she's She's still very involved in in Fraser communities. I follow a couple of um, Perry Gilpin. This is I, I follow a lot of yeah. Instagram pages, um, mm. and it's like fans like us where they they repost clips and things like that. Um, yeah. 
and she comments on a lot of them. Um, you know, these are really like they've got like four thousand followers. They're not big at all. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've not seen her in, in much else, to be honest. No, I've As, not actually. She's been because, in other films. I've not seen anything with her in. No, another one, David Hyde Pierce. I've never seen him in anything else. No, but that's um, interesting because I have like a to, to watch film list on on the mm. website called Letterbox where you can keep track of everything. Um, yeah. And he's in a film that came out maybe 2010 called The Perfect Host. And yeah. he basically has a dinner party, but I think he's sinister, potentially killing them off or something. And the poster yeah. is smiling, holding up a glass of red wine. And like, oh. it just looks like Niles. All I can yeah. see is that's Niles hosting a dinner party. And see, I, I love David Hyde-Pierce. I just he's think he's fantastic. Like, we could you... do a whole episode dedicated to, to each of the characters, but him in particular, I think. Yeah, I just think I love Niles. He's my favorite character in the show, is Niles. Yeah. I think a lot um, of people would, would say that, yeah. I mean, what is yeah. it specifically about, and you think, that just draws you in? Because I mean, I, I, don't I, know, I think because I used to watch this show a lot with my brother when we were kids, and I think we drew a lot of parallels in our relationship between the like, relationship between Frasier and Niles. Yeah. Um, and I, just, I think as the younger brother, I just always see myself in that Niles role. That's so interesting, because um, obviously I'm, I'm a younger brother as well, obviously. Yeah. Uh, bit of a bigger age difference than, than you and your brother but yeah. um yeah i mean i don't know who i identify more with sometimes i'm a bit of a fuss budget like niles is um yeah. but then sometimes i'm like maybe i'm not that neurotic maybe i'm a bit more down to earth like fraser is but um yeah they don't i mean what gets me is there's a photo online of mm. um it's one of the early episodes and it's fraser and niles staring at the at the door from a scene like a still from mm. the episode and they've swapped the facial features of both of them and you, yeah. they don't look any different. And it basically, yeah. the idea is they were cast so perfectly that they. But that's the reason. Like I think, uh, David Hyde Pierce came into audition. They said he looks just like Kelsey did at the start of Cheers. Oh, I, yeah, I remember reading and, that. Is just nuts, yeah. isn't it? Like, yeah. the fact they found him and it, it kind of married together so perfectly. Yeah. Um, um, I mean, while we're talking about Niles, we can probably move on to his introduction to the episode because yeah. I like the fact that. Obviously, this is a this is a topic for a whole other episode. But obviously, Fraser makes use of those title cards in between scenes, yes, um, yeah. usually filled with literary puns and and kind of euphemisms. I, something I really love—a stylistic thing that separates it from Friends or anything yeah. like that. And something, yeah, I, I know, don't know another show really that does that. No, me neither. And the fact yeah. that it says the brother when it introduces Niles, it's perfect yeah. because we don't have to have that like extraneous dialogue where in Frasier will go, well, Niles, you are my brother, dot, dot, dot. Like, yeah. which you have to have in every pilot so you establish yeah. the relationship. But they can just immediately open with Niles talking about his Zen garden. And yeah, and it's it just, just... Immediately, like, he, he talks about that in episodes like season five and six and nothing changes there. No, um, no. It's so good. But Cafe Novosa as well, obviously, that's where they're talking. One yeah. good point of comparison, again, not to keep comparing to Friends, but I think it's a useful mm. starting point for kind of people listening and for us as well. Yeah. How do you rate and compare Cafe Novosa to somewhere like Central Perk? Because obviously they're both central hubs to the episode. Yeah. I can't think of many episodes where Cafe Novosa isn't appear. featured. And I mean, that's probably true of Friends. Central Perk is in 90% of them. As like yeah. set design spaces, what do you kind of make of each of them and, and of Novosa in particular, do you think? I, I, I always feel like with Cafe Novosa, it's all a bit more crammed in than maybe in Central Park. Hmm. You know, I feel that because that or... I think it worked really well for this show. I think it wouldn't have worked for Friends. Yeah. Because I, I think what this works well for when you're in Cafe Novosa, you only really get two or, or three characters at a time. Whereas obviously with Friends, you've got pretty much all of the main cast in the same room together. 
That's yeah, that's a really good point. I, there's a few so, episodes where sometimes Martin, Roz, Daphne, yeah. Frazier, and Niles are all present in the Vosa. Yeah, but it's but not it, very often. No, and when it is, you're immediately aware of like how cramped the space is. Yeah, um, yeah, and, and they play on that sometimes. I, get, I mean, I remember there's that one episode where they spend about five minutes trying to get a table. I love that. Yeah, and that's yeah. There's, I don't know if you saw this. There's a meme that's been going around recently. I sound like an old man when I say, "Oh, there's a, there's a meme that's been going around." <laughs> it's but, a meme. Um, it's been taking like sets and 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 kind of scenes from different TV shows and then numbering yeah. the chairs and then saying which is the best seat. So like the Simpsons mm. living room. They had each yeah. sofa seat and then the floor and then like numbered one to five. And these were like going yeah. viral and people saying, which is the best seat. And I always mm. kind of have this nerdy chat with like other people who watch Frasier. If you were in Cafe Nervosa, which oh. best seat in the house? Oh, God. That's because they, they, they move around. I can think they, of they sit by the bookshelves in some episodes. They yeah. sit in the window seat in others. Yeah, because I remember outside. the last episode, I think, of the season. They were yeah. by the window. Yeah, and, absolutely. Yeah. Um, they're by the counter a lot. By the counter, sometimes in like the middle bit, there's like like pillar, yeah. and they sit around the yeah. pillar. Um, yeah. So, I mean, if you were if you were walking to Cafe Nervosa this afternoon, and you're going to get yourself mm. a nice double, I think I'm, I think I'm by the bookshelf. You by the bookshelf? That's nice. Yeah. I like that. I want to see everything that's going on. Or, yeah, and they're on like a little raised platform there. It's kind yeah. of cozy. It's not too far from the toilets, so if you need to go, that's very true. It's not difficult. <laughs> and a good fact, and I say good in this is only good to people who are also massive Frasier losers like us. But um, in the episode Zoo Story, which I think mm. is season five, I mean, so a long way away from where we are now. So I don't mind skipping ahead for this fact. Yeah. Uh, you see the inside of the bathroom of Cafe Nervosa, and I'm fairly certain that's the only time you see a different part of, of Nervosa that isn't the main room. Like, BB yeah. follows Frasier into the bathroom. And I was like, did they have to quickly knock up some set design so that they have I've a bathroom? Yeah, yeah, like, it, it's really weird. Like, it's just how they would have had a, went about that, just for this one yeah. interaction between Frasier and BB. And it takes, like, because- one minute. I think you only ever see like the outside, but a couple of times the yeah, outside they tables. Yeah, outside a few times. The yeah. the episode with the mobster and um, yeah, that's the one I was thinking on the first one that came to mind. This is a good place to pause. So what I'm going to ask you now is now because yeah. we have we have our top ten, and yeah. at some point each episode we will ask each other, "Is this in your top 10? And you will answer yes or no, and then in post production I will add a klaxon of some description. Yeah. Is the pilot in your top ten? It's not in my top ten. Not in your top ten. I can confirm no. it's not in mine either. I'd be interested oh. to hear from people whose top ten it does factor in because See, it is I think there'll be quite a lot out there who will put it in their top ten because I love a good origin story. I love and, me. and nostalgia as well, right? Like nothing yeah. is more nostalgic. I mean, Frasier for me is one giant nostalgia trip. Um, yeah. You know, we, should, we we could really caveat this. We probably should have said at the beginning like how we first started watching Frasier, but um, it was always on before I went out to school, when I was eating my breakfast of a morning. Yeah, I remember Frasier and Everybody Loves Raymond. They were everybody two that Raymond, were yeah. always they're like, they're on before school. They're British institutions, even though obviously they're American. Yeah. But when they were on our TV, everyone who's kind of our age, our generation, if they haven't watched Frasier, they know it because it was on yeah. when they were. And I think for us as well, we were the last generation really who grew up with five channels. Yeah. Like when we were so little true. kids, we, yeah, we, like we still were on that one to five. Like, the big thing and yeah i get um, home but, from school and watch the simpsons on channel exactly. four and yeah that was six o'clock every day every day without and fail 
I mean, we were raised on comedy in my house. Like, we were just, yeah. it was Frasier, The Simpsons, uh, the old British shows like Porridge, Vicar of Dibley, those sort of shows. Oh, I, I love That's all of those. all we watched, really, as kids. What's really right. interesting to me is, obviously, we both watched Frasier when we were young. Um, yeah. And we've known each other for, would you say, about 20 years now? 20, 21 years, I think. We were in Russia, that, that's terrifying. I mean, we're only <laughs> 24 for people listening. Yeah. Um, you know, that's basically all of our lives. And we only found out that each is kind of mutually obsessed with Frasier. I think, yeah. was it two years ago? Can you I remember? Was, I, I feel we were at a football match and you or, mentioned, or, or we were watching football on TV. The World Cup. I think it was, yeah. I think it was the 2018 World Cup. We were in the Swan. We had a nice point in hand. We were watching yeah. England. And, and our, somehow, yeah, because Troy Deeney walked in. I remember Troy that. Troy Deeney walked in, <laughs> and somehow we started talking about Frasier. And yeah, I mean, it tells you everything you need to know about the quality of the match. I think. <laughs> I think I think that's very true. I think the fact yeah. that we were turning and talking about a show that had ended, like you know, sixteen years before that, um, yeah. or twelve years. Um, but yeah, and I don't know anyone else other than my brother, who's a big fan. I don't know of anyone else our age who watch or watches Frasier. Yeah, it's kind of a running joke between me and kind of friends at uni that I, I watch it. It's I just yeah. I kind of cram it down to people's throats. Not like yeah. intentionally, but um, I'm just always watching it or referencing it in some way. Um, yeah. And it's just, yeah, it's, it is kind of a, it's a dying, it's a dying art, the love of Frasier. I know a few people who love it um, as much mm. as we do. Um, and I'm not going to name drop them because, you know, they haven't given permission to be named in this, <laughs> in this podcast yet. But, um, but it, it is still playing, isn't it? On I think mornings before kids go to school, so maybe there is a generation of kids out there. Yeah, it's still growing up on so Frasier. It's, 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 people can still get to it. It's not you know yeah. as long as we keep spreading the good word. Um, yeah. It will. It'd be interesting stop. to see how is it still as big in America. Mm. You know, is there that, that yeah. difference that you know over there is it still quite a big show sort of thing? Because obviously That's... they still talk about Friends a lot. You know Seinfeld over there as well, which never really, I don't think, quite made it over here in the same way. It did yeah, over there. it's weird. Seinfeld is such an institution in America, and it, it never yeah. landed here. I mean, I, I people watch it; it's on Prime and um, yeah, other things. I, I've got through like seasons, five seasons of that. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I've just started watching it because um, there's another podcast that we both listen to where they talk about Seinfeld a lot, or they they make reference to it sometimes right yeah yeah we should um, actually we should i think we should name drop that podcast should, should we name drop it i think we should so if anyone yeah. listening has heard has not heard of the podcast four finger discount they essentially do what we want to do for Frasier to the simpsons they, and they do it amazingly well they do it's two aussies dando and mitch um they review every episode of the simpsons they talk about trivia and bits of folklore around the show yeah. and just other kind of geeky stuff and it's just really laid back. And we've listened. We didn't. Li we didn't realize that both of us listened to that podcast either until recently. Um, that was another great revelation between. It us. was. It was a crazy moment. That was nuts because that was when I was like, okay, we have to do the Fraser podcast together because the stars yeah. are aligning here. <laughs> but yeah, um, we we owe a lot to Four Finger Discount, kind of unintentionally, I think. In yeah, the I'm. I'm such a huge, huge fan of the show. Yeah, they're, they're so great. And yeah. In kind of artistically borrowing from one of their recurrent sketches, they often... I'm loving that phrase, well. Absolutely <laughs> <loving> it. <laughs> In other words, so we don't get sued. Um, they often ask each other trivia from the episode. And I've got a question yeah. that I want to extend to you now, Key. Um, okay. Test how closely you're watching the pilot. 
Oh God! You, uh, I don't know. These aren't actually that hard. I think I think they'll get harder as the show goes on because there's okay. more kind of memorable moments in the pilot. But here we go. Yeah. Can you remember what the tagline of Golden Acres Retirement Home was? Oh, this is. I love this line. It's a uh, we care, so you don't have to. That is fun. You've got a oh, point. I love already. it. Right I'm... off the mark. I will have to keep a tally somewhere of the points. <laughs> um, I honestly that... this. I love that line. I, I, if I ever get to the stage where I want to put someone in a retirement home, I'm, I'm going to say it. <laughs> There's one thing I've noticed is that's kind of a, a recurrent gag in the show, um, that kind of line. I remember there's one where Frasier's sponsored by Pet Paradise yeah. on, on SEL, um, which is like they get rid of your dead pets. And yeah. they have similar taglines like for when a shoebox isn't enough and things like yes. that. Yeah. And they're delivered in exactly the same way. Like Kelsey delivers that line in the same way that yeah. David delivers the, the, uh, the, what's it called? Golden Acres. Yeah. Uh, but it's just fantastic. Okay. You ready for the okay. next one? Okay. This one's actually quite easy. I think, I think in hindsight, I'm going to have to make this a lot harder. Um, I didn't so want to feel mine on the first episode. I feel mine are a bit, bit harder, yeah. So. That's good, that's good. Yeah. Can, what word does Frasier describe his style of decorating as? Oh, it's eclectic. It is eclectic. These are way it's too eclectic. easy, man. Oh, honestly, I use that. That is the one word I do still use in everyday conversation. I, th- I also think like, it's a perfectly viable style of design. It is. Like... But I use, it, I use it not just for design, I use it for fashion. When people go, what shirt are you wearing? It's like, it's eclectic. Yeah, those it's... colours don't go. It's eclectic. <laughs> I think if I had um, an apartment like Frasier, I would I would decorate in a similar way. And just, if I like something, I'll buy it. Not like I will buy a Coco Chanel replica sofa. Um, I mean, I would just buy Martin's chair and start yeah, from and there. Yeah, the <laughs> chair, which gets a bit of a, a look in in some episodes. And he actually yeah. now drops the Eames chair in this episode in the pilot. But, I mean, that is one of the nicest designed chairs in history. But even a replica of one of those things costs yeah. you, like, two to five grand. Um, yeah, they're so expensive. But I, I think, actually, we should save Fraser's apartment for a, a whole episode. Because yeah, well, but you could do a whole episode on it. You, you really could. could. It's so iconic. Um, yeah. So I don't want to say too much about that. But I've got my third question here. Okay. Currently, you've got two out of three. You're doing okay. remarkably well. Oh, um, thank you. Question three, who did the first healthcare worker that Fraser yeah. is saying goodbye to at the door spend two years with? Oh, Mother Teresa. Oh, there he um, is. And Mother Teresa better check her handbag, i tell you that much. Yes, you better. Four marks, three out of three. That is unbelievable. What oh, a, I, I've clearly not made them hard enough. Or <laughs> you're just very good. I don't want to do you a disservice. See, mine are really hard, I think. So, Shall we move on to yours? Okay, so the first question. Okay, hit me. Okay, so what did Daphne think Fraser did for a living? What did Daphne think Fraser? Oh my god, she she makes a psychic prediction. I've just literally finished watching the episode as well. Um, oh my goodness, I'm going to say like traveling salesman. I don't know. Oh well, 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 well. No, she thought he was a florist. A florist. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely ridiculous. Oh, you're a florist, aren't you? How have I not remembered that? Okay, hit me with your second question after the first okay. one. Was horribly wrong. Now, the second question, you are going to get this because okay. it was don't in say one that. of your it was in one of your questions, so I'll be surprised if you don't. Okay. Okay, so what was the name of the retirement home care home? Golden Age. Yeah. Okay. There we go. I've, I've really threw you under the bus there with my, <laughs> my question. 
Apologies. Okay. And my last question. This is ridiculously hard, so I'm not sure if you're going to get it. Okay. Um, so Claire, who calls the show at the end of the episode, oh, what God. line was she on? <sighs> We've got Claire online. Okay. I think Martin was on line one, so I'm yeah. going to say she was on line two. She was on line four. Oh, my which good is, Lord. Which is interesting because the first person who called in at the start of the show was also like on line four. Oh, so I don't know if he's on line really one to three. That, that is a kind of difficulty I wanted to do. And I was like, is that fair? And I have rightly been outed here as... No, I've, I've not done my homework. No, we can see I'm the cool one. <laughs> we can. You've established your credentials. But yeah, those are some good questions, mate. I'm going to have to really turn up the... Uh, no, no, I'm happy for you to stick with easy ones. I'm absolutely <laughs> fine with that. Okay. One thing I want to ask now is we, we talked about favorite lines because Fraser's got so many favorite lines, so many good yeah. lines that we quote to each other and, and to others all the time. Is there a particular line from this episode that you've singled out as perhaps one of your favorites? See, but I mean, I made it, I was going through, I was thinking, what's, what's my favorite lines? And I actually got four different lines which I love. And I think the one I love most, oh, there's two, but I'm going to go with the one. And again, it's one you've already said. It's Golden Anchors. We care, so you don't have to. <laughs> that line has got three shout-outs already. Yeah. That is a popular moment of the episode. What, what are the others? Read out one um, more. The other one was, um, remember what Mother said? A handshake is as good as a hug. <laughs> I love that. Like, I love that as well. Um, okay, mine is very, very near the beginning, actually, when Fraser says to Niles, when was the last time you had an unexpressed thought? And Niles oh. says, I'm having one right now. Oh, I love it. The look of the kind of raw expression on David Hyde Pierce's face when he delivers yeah. that lot. It's just, yeah, it's just it's the satisfaction in his eyes. It's unbelievable. I mean, that's one thing we can talk about more, actually, um, in kind of future episodes, is his physical acting. He oh, is he is one of the best magnificent. of his kind of generation, especially of that yeah. sitcom generation, I think. 100% agree. Yeah. I think he just he brings so much to the scene in just he, just the way he is. He does. You know? I mean, the, the kind of the most famous kind of example is the three Valentines episode, um, yeah. the silent beginning where he's ironing. Um, I'm, I'm so eager to kind of jump to all these references that I'm kind of leaving the pilot in the dust and and. Yeah, we, we've, I don't think we've actually gone through it scene by scene. It's all laughing. We haven't actually. Let's. I've got the script up here. So we've talked oh, about yeah. Cafe Nervosa. We've got. We've gone through yeah. Cafe Nervosa. So we've got the brother introduced. Okay, about Fraser and Oz's interaction here. Interesting yeah. because we learn this is the first time we learn about Maris. Um, yeah. Obviously, Frederick gets introduced. I, I haven't finished Cheers. I mean, have you watched Cheers? I've seen a few episodes of Cheers, but I feel Cheers is quite dated now. I don't yeah, think I've got it's aged as well. And I got to season six. Um, yeah. And Frazier's established by season six, but mm. I never got the impression that he was, I don't know, he doesn't have a lot to do from the episodes I saw. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I, I agree with you. I love the fact that it's a single setting. Like the bar room is a brilliant set design. That doesn't put me off at all, the fact that it's not a very varied show in that sense. Mm. But in terms of Frasier and kind of writing, it's it's bizarre to me that Frasier is a spin-off and yet its quality is so kind of renowned. It people yeah. don't know that it's a spin-off, you know, if they're not familiar with Cheers, especially in this yeah. country. It's just yeah. like, oh yeah, Frasier. It, <laughs> it's great in its own right. Um I mean yeah, it has Oh, sorry, carry on. I was going to say, I think Frasier's aged so much better because in Frasier, I don't think you're ever really meant to relate that much to them. I think you're always meant to sort of see them as these 
these upper class guys. I think it's always it's Martin. I think you're really meant to relate to. Also, yeah, I think that's the yeah. one that you know. I think that most people would probably relate to most, and that's why I think it's aged better. It's interesting it's, because the, yeah, there's the story. It's a bit like with the Simpsons had the first season or two focused on Bart, and then it slowly moved to Homer. And I think yeah. the, the storyline of kind of Martin and Frasier kind of clashing. Um, mm. Because the first episode, you know, this pilot is quite bleak until the end. You know, they, it's quite bitter. Like Martin that, doesn't want to be in situation, and yeah, and I think that happens quite a lot actually in the first season. Yeah, yeah, Martin's quite a few episodes in particular. I think sometimes he's quite cantankerous, and there's a lot of yeah. kind of putting of heads. I think. Yeah, I think there's a was one episode where they just want to have like a five minute conversation without an argument or something like that. Yeah, and yeah, and, oh, the yeah end, and like, they last like ten seconds. And he, like dings yeah, about. Yeah, and then at the end, Martin tells him, "Well, if you want that sort of relationship, that doesn't happen overnight. That you know, it takes good. years to establish that." So it's a nice. And moment, we do see. It, do, oh, there's so many nice moments. You know. There we should have an episode just, just titled Nice Moments, I think. We could do. We absolutely could do. So the introduction we have of Maris, um, who yeah. will become a running joke, as people will find out as we, as we do this podcast, we never see Maris. We, no. It would be impossible to cast anyone as Maris, considering her yeah. physical impossibility. But <laughs> we have the first kind of abstract physiological comparison to her, where she is compared to the sun, only without yes. the warmth. <laughs> yes. Which I love. There's so many great descriptions of her over the over the course of the series, which I'm not going to spoil yet. But yeah. that is a really strong one to open with. Oh, it's, it's brilliant, can, isn't it? We already know she's absolutely nuts in some in some way. Right. Can you just, I just oh, it just it works so perfectly. And I don't know if they ever actually intended to ever show Maris on screen, and then decided that the gag was too good. I, th- I think I've read somewhere that they were going to to cast her, but then yeah. they were having so much fun with the um, the descriptions, which I mean, you would they have her like described as like can't straddle anything larger than a border collie and <laughs> things sure. like that. So it would just be yeah, they were having so much fun doing that that they just yeah. got lost in in the in the writing of it, and it just became impossible to cast her. Which I like in some respects that she's such a non character, but she she's so larger than life in the writer's minds that she took yeah. over in some way yeah and it's brilliant and it says something about the writers as well that they can keep going to the same sort of gags and still make them work you know yeah. there's a lot of shows that have tried to do a recurring gag and then after a few years they just they can't seem to make it work anymore or they get bored of it or they just think it's starting to become repetitive yeah and, absolutely i mean it works so well with, with maris you know even though it's gone to like other shows i mean i know obviously this famous episode of the simpsons where I think all of the main cast of Frasier make an appearance. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and there's one where um, the character that David Hyde is playing, he has his eyes covered, and they get to guess who, and he goes, Maris. Oh, wow. There's, I yeah, when he's playing, miss that gag. Yeah, there's, a, there's one where he, I think Bart jumps on his head, and he's got his hands over his eyes, and he goes, guess who? And he goes, Maris? And wow, just, that's yeah. a nice callback. Um, so I should shout out at this point, um, obviously we've discussed this before we started the podcast, but we're making a lot of use of KACL780.net, which yeah. is a voluntary website, obviously non-profit, but people have dedicated a lot of their time and effort um, to transcribing each episode of Frasier. Um, yeah. And a bloody good job they've done as well. So oh, it's we absolutely have, fantastic. Yeah, yeah, we have a great resource to refer to here. Um, for example, I'm just looking now at the the scene, the father, um, where yeah. Martin is introduced at the house, and they've made a note here on the script that the apartment set was built on the same soundstage at Paramount Studios that housed the set of Cheers. Oh, um, really? Which I did I, not I, know. I did not know that at all. No. 
I, I kind of, um, I hate to think of Fraser's apartment as a set sometimes because it's so yeah. perfect and like aspirational. You you yeah. want that for yourself, and then to realize, and of course, this is the scene where we get the view. We see, yeah, the, the famous view for the first time. Famously yeah. impossible, nowhere in Seattle kind of commands that view. But yeah, God, it would be wonderful if it did. Can um, you imagine? Can you imagine how much the rent would be on it? Honest to God, I think actually someone tried to work this out recently. I haven't got the figure. Yeah. I'll, I'll bring that next time, but yeah. Um, that, that apartment, I mean, it's it's probably on like the twentieth something floor, the Elliott Bay Towers. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, I don't know if they're a real building or not. If that's a real, I don't building. know. I don't, I've never. Um, I'm thinking like it isn't, but that. yeah, we might have to have a little oh. check. Yeah. Um, while you Google the Elliott Bay Towers, I like the fact that Fraser's playing the piano at the beginning of this when Martin's introduced, and someone has yeah. supercut on on YouTube. It's only the first five seasons, I think. But all the moments someone's playing the piano in the show, um, so you can kind of just listen to the, like the actual snippets of songs they play, and the fact that someone took the time to do that just shows yeah. all the little flourishes in the show. Music is a really big part of the show in many ways. It's so yeah, many how many episodes? Where yeah, orbit around music, yeah. or either that they're either they're playing the piano or they're just singing to themselves. There That's is a lot. True. You know, I, I, I will just say the Elliott Bay Towers is fictional. It is fictional. Is, That's good. Yeah, there know. is no Elliott Bay Towers. And it's always on the counterbalance, which I think is a type of road interstate freeway. I'm not quite sure. Is the counterbalance a real thing? Do you want to Google that for us? The counterbalance. The counterbalance. It's always so strange. He always says, I live at such a 1901 Elliott Bay Towers on the counterbalance. And I always thought to myself, is that that a a route, a place in Seattle? Okay, Um, apparently, and I'm going off something I've just found on Reddit, so I'm not going to say it's the most reliable thing in the world. Hmm. Um, The counterbalance refers to an old cable car line that ran up Queen Anne Hill in the Queen Anne neighbourhood of Seattle. It's Ah. more commonly known as Queen Anne Avenue North. Wow. I like that. I like the fact that it's got that bit of history to it. So maybe he is referencing that. Um, Yeah. Yeah, Because I love love the fact that, one, this is... We haven't even talked about the fact that it's set in Seattle when, like, Steinfeld and Friends, that its two biggest rivals, are so Manhattan-focused. Yeah, you know, it's it's not even true. What do you make of that kind of shifting of of, of coasts and and having Seattle as the setting? How does that work for you compared to? I think it, it works really well. I think it just it opens up a whole new I don't know, dynamic really because I think I know people. I've never been to America, but I know a lot of people say just Manhattan is so different mm. to the rest of America. It's sort of its own little thing going on. Yeah, um, and I just think it allows for this different different perspective of the characters, different, I don't know, different gags, different different way of, of doing the whole thing, really. Seattle's really interesting because it's it's described a lot as a kind of European transplant city. It's, it's really green um, and yeah. carries a lot of European style, I think, in its, in its yeah. kind of construction. Um, and that, to me, there's there's more in that than meets the eye when we look at mm. someone like Frazier. You know, Niles is a huge Anglophile, you know, and so is Frazier to some extent. They love English yeah. culture and, and kind of tradition and heritage. Um, yeah. And, you know, you don't really have that in New York. New York is, it's always, you know, right now, right here, the immediacy of yeah. everything. And yeah. it's very distinctly American as well. Do you, um, do you think there's an element as well that mm. Seattle works well because Frazier maybe likes being maybe a, a big fish in a little pond or something? Yeah, I, I think I think yeah. there is some some of that in there because Seattle is really expensive to live in now. But yeah, I'm trying to think. You know, in the '90s, would it have been? It, you know, the, it certainly wasn't like the arrival oh. to New York in the '90s. Yeah, 
I mean, I'm just thinking that there's been a few episodes where Frazier sort of says to people, oh, maybe you should get out of Seattle, he gets death threats and things like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and is there an element of that sort of, that he can be a big personality in Seattle by being on the radio? Whereas That's maybe if you try to do that in New York, there's not that quite same maybe celebrity population. Yeah. It's interesting because yeah. he obviously has roots in Seattle before Cheers takes place. And obviously yeah. the idea of Frasier is he's returning to those roots. Um, but yeah, I don't, other than a few moments, that episode that you, um, that you cite there, I think is, is it yeah. the botched language of Cranes where he... It could be, yeah. I think where he, yeah, he slags off Seattle and then he ends up saying, you know, it's the only wonderful place in this old world that I care to call home. So it's quite a yeah. touching moment yeah. where he obviously does feel something for Seattle. But yeah, it's interesting because it's so different to Boston and so different to to Cheers and mm. the whole dynamic there. It's it's a really interesting set setting and set design choice, I think. And maybe it sets them as well because obviously it's a show that, unlike a lot of other shows, particularly Cheers, where it's set in a bar, mm. it's very much centered around the home. It is, yeah. You know? It's very domestic, so, isn't it? Yeah. So that's really I don't know if that's another thing that they you know we don't need a big city we don't need to play on all the things you can go out and do mm. because it's going to be a bit more laid back a bit more in the home in these more exclusive areas that sort of thing yeah i think that's a really good point because I, I i love the fact that like niles and when he when he well you have maris's mansion to begin with um yeah. that's a really interesting set design in, in early episodes then obviously you have the montana as the counterpoint to fraser it's basically fraser's apartment but you know just taking that extra step further um, yeah. in terms of wealth. And yeah, so many plots and, and, and episodes are centered entirely in, in those spaces. So like the episode Halloween, where they have the Halloween party at Niles, yeah. dinner party, which is a fantastic episode where they only take place in Fraser's apartment. Um, yeah. And then obviously my coffee with Niles only takes place in Cafe Nervosa. So they, yeah. they really do make a lot of use of these designs. And it's, it's not like jumping around all the time. And yeah. I feel like friends does. Um, in some respect. Yeah, and I think it really lets you just to build up the relationship with the characters a lot more. Yeah, because they're not it's constantly not less... on the move. They're just Yeah, and it's not just about like how many jokes can we fit into this scene quickly and then we'll jump off to another one. Yeah, yeah. You know, you do get these more sophisticated jokes, really, and that it can just be a bit longer, a bit more drawn out, that sort of thing, and with a few great one-liners mixed in as well. That's really true. I, I, another thing is that one thing I love about Frasier that sets it aside from other shows that were around at that time is it has no establishing shots at all. You know, in between no. scenes, it doesn't give yeah. you a shot of a skyline. It doesn't have like the outside of Novosa before we go into Novosa. Um, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, that's very yeah, true. Like, has none of that and it has no music in between those transitions either. Um, yeah. All we have are those title cards which give the writers just that extra 30 seconds or however much it ends up totaling to just yeah. get another gag in there, get another joke. I feel like it's a and show that privileged writers a little bit more, maybe. Yeah, and I think it's something as well that sets the show apart quickly. As soon as you see that, that sort of title card, you know you're watching Frasier. Yeah, that's so you true. Know, before, before you've even seen any single actor or seen the set. That's another thing. Know. It doesn't have a long introduction or theme music either. Um, no, it you know, doesn't. The, the Friends one goes on for like a minute or, or however long it is. Frasier's yeah. is, what, 15 seconds, 10 seconds? Yeah. Probably not even that long. Um, you know, there's no, they're not buying time. No, you know, no. It's just trying to fill an episode or anything like that. They're just straight into it. I also love the little, the fact they have about 30 or so different designs for the title card. Um, this yeah. is one of those tiny little nerdy details I've always loved, trying to see which ones each episode. And some episodes, nothing happens. It's just the skyline. And yeah. I always think to myself, 
what a waste. Like, why didn't they put <laughs> anything into that title? It doesn't make any sense that they would leave yeah. some black. I've, I've never got my head around that. Do you reckon it's just a time thing that they just maybe... I don't know, because I feel yeah. like the designs are built in with the... I think it's a set time every episode. Yeah. And the designs yeah. are just running concurrently. So for Christmas, you have the Christmas lights on the Space Needle. Sometimes yeah. you have the hot air balloon or the flashing red light, which was what this episode's was, the flashing red light on top of the Space Needle. I just yeah. don't get why they would leave it blank. It's it's a really strange grievance I have with... Uh, yeah. With Fraser bits. I mean, if any Fraser writers are going to be listening to this, if anyone listens to this, I can explain <laughs> that to me. I'd be so grateful. Okay, I've got one little question here, but this isn't this isn't a question that is going to have an answer. This is something speculative that we can kind of okay. work through. But they say, okay, well, I'm going to ask you actually. Do, does do they say the name of the episode in this episode? Do you think? Can yes, you remember? They do. They do. Yes. Correct. I'm trying to be the good son. Yeah, and I think as well, there's another stage. I mean, I don't think they say the good son, but Niles tells him, I think you're a good son. Yes. Or something, yes, yes, I think yes. earlier on in the episode. I think you're right. Um, yeah. So I was thinking to myself, how many, we'll have to keep track, how many mm. episodes say the name of the episode title in the episode? Because I can only think, at, no, I can think of two at the moment. Um, mm. My coffee, no, not my coffee with Nars. Um, Voyage of the Damned. When they go on the cruise, yes, yeah, and Road Warrior when they get the license plate uh, for the for the RV, yeah, you know, okay, yeah, yeah, and Martin says, oh. you know, it says Road Warrior. So I'd be interesting to see if, yeah, they do that quite a lot because it's always it's not jarring, but it's always kind of like a side gag, I think. Yeah, I mean, I I definitely picked up on it. I definitely noticed it this episode. Mm. Yeah, um, I, think, I think you can't help but notice it. No, I, I think that I think most of the time I can't see that I would. I don't. I don't ever remember it being a thing when I was watching it that I was going no. to. Oh, there's yeah, a great. That's... There's a great gag on Family Guy. I mean, I haven't watched Family Guy in probably about seven, eight years. But um, yeah. there's a great gag where, uh, Fre- uh, where Peter says, um, "Oh yeah, this is like when they say the name of the movie in the movie," and then it, it yeah. shows him watching three films, and it's like as good as it gets, um, clear and present danger, and then. Mm. Just a stupid one where it's like, in order to save the world, I'm going to have to become Superman 4, the quest for peace. <laughs> and just like, obviously doesn't make sense at all, but it's just sending up that fact that people do that. Um, yeah. So whenever I hear the title of something in the, the thing, all I think of is that sketch. Okay. Okay. So after we have the introduction to Martin with the father, we have the next title card, the home care specialist. We have yeah, Daphne well, we, for the first time, yeah. um, which we've spoken a little bit about now. What Not intended your- to be a live-in position. Not intended to be a living position. Yeah, what are your yeah. receptions and kind of your initial feelings towards Daphne as a character when she's introduced in this? Can you remember how you felt when you first saw her as a character? I think that... She occupies a really weird space, I think, in the plot. Like, her, yeah. her as a narrative device, it's really unique. And I just... The reason, I will say, just before we go into this, we have missed one very, very important character out in between me and, I think, Martin and, and Daphne, which oh. is we meet Eddie. Of course, yeah. Eddie Spaghetti. <laughs> And we have this whole scene of, oh, have you mentioned Eddie yet? And, and this build up, who's Eddie? Who's Eddie? And then, yeah, they're, they're doing what bang. they do with Maris, but with Eddie again. Like, we yeah. don't know, is this human? Is it an animal? Um, yeah. So, Eddie, Jack Russell Terrier, famously played by Moose, I believe yeah. his name is. Um, yeah, yeah, was. I think he passed, passed away um, kind of midway through season seven or eight, and then he was replaced by Moose's son. Yeah, I think there's. Um, I think David Hyde Pierce said. I think the most touching thing they did when they were filming it was when he was um, he was getting ill. Uh, Moose. They brought him out one last time to recognise like the applause of the the crowd they were filming in front of. 
Oh and my I think God. he said that was like the most, one of the most moving days on set. That is, was, that's giving me goosebumps. I've never heard yeah. that before. Yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure that there's, there's an interview somewhere where he talks about it. But oh, he's such a, just a brilliant dog. He is. And what's even better is the fact that him and Martin are so close. But then I swear in an interview Kelsey has given, he said they yeah. didn't get on at all behind the really? scenes. I think, I think oh. Moose was extremely curmudgeonly um, mm. and would just kind of bite them and, and was really stubborn. Um, but obviously the relationship in the show is so loving. But yeah. just to see a dog have that dramatic range is like, unbelievable. He's, just, he's, he's a phenomenal actor. <laughs> he, is, he does so much. Like he runs yeah. in on cue. He like they, when they want him to look sad, he kind of like walks like with bow legs and yeah. and you know sticks his and tongue just, out just and that little look he gives him like when he's staring at Fraser. And he's like always that. got his just... tongue just yeah his tongue rather just kind of protruding from his mouth. Um, yeah, he's always got that kind of classic look. And like when he's sick, he looks sick. It's just yeah, just phenomenal. I think maybe with friends and the monkey, were they trying to tap into oh. you know were they trying to yeah. do what. Eddie does because obviously Marcel is not in it much. He's in like yeah, like three episodes, something yeah. like that. Yeah, and then obviously a callback at the end of season two. But I just yeah, I don't know. I, that was a that was always a weird plot point for me, and I felt like maybe they were trying to cash in because Moose was really big. Like he was on the front yeah. of I don't know if it was Time or you know Entertainment yeah. Week or something. He had a famous magazine spread. Um, yeah, because I think um, I want to say that because I think the the dog that replaced him, and you said it was it was Moose's son. Because I think he was bred in order to get a replacement. Wow, that's and I wanna... kind of sinister as well as nice. So... <laughs> but I want to say that he had. I think he had two puppies, and um, and one of them didn't really look the part because of the markings. And I think Perry Gilpin actually adopted that one. No way. I want to say, yeah, I'm sure I've read that that she she did adopt one of them. So if I've read yeah. correctly as well, I think that they, I don't know if they dyed the fur of, of Moose's offspring to make him look more like the original markings of Eddie. Um, oh, is that true? I think they. I think I, I swear I read that somewhere that they tried yeah. to obviously match up the markings. I mean, it it wouldn't have harmed the dog at all. Um, yeah, we've gone to a dark place here. <laughs> <laughs> we should say no, no dogs were harmed in the making of the pilot. But I, I mean, I could be completely wrong there. But I, I feel like I've read that somewhere. But I mean, we will have to go away and and, and fact check our own fake news at some point. Yeah, we we should say none of us have. We neither of us have, have actually checked this before we've come in. It's just no, we haven't. Just, this is all just I'm off sure. the cuff. Yeah, we're, we're, we're riding high on the adrenaline of finally starting this podcast after so long. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so we have Eddie introduced, we have Daphne introduced. Yeah, uh, Daphne. For me, Daphne just isn't quite Daphne yet. Yeah, yeah. She's still uh, kind of posturing and finding her feet a little bit. Yeah, but it, again, she's also the only one of the characters who doesn't know the others mm, straight away. If you think, yeah, we because we, when we come in, she's meeting uh, Martin and Fraser for the first time, whereas all the others already have a relationship between them. So it doesn't feel out of place necessarily. That's that really she true. Hasn't yeah. quite found her feet yet. The kind of the fact the pilot starts with everyone established. Um, yeah. Other than like. She's- the kind of interesting side relationships like Roz and Niles and their constant yeah. banter back and forth. Like we don't have that yet, but yeah. they all know each other. And yeah, as you're, you're right, she kind of comes in as, as the resident alien, as it were, and has to quickly establish roots with everyone in a really yeah. short time frame. But you, you get like this feeling like, straight away that she, you know, we get the whole psychic gag, you know, she's a bit psychic. Yeah, I hate <laughs> the way she delivers that. Oh. All the time. I'm a little bit psychic. She sounds like, I don't know if it's Peter Kay or I'm trying, I'm trying to think of like a, a kind of, yeah, regional accent comedian from the UK. 
She yeah. sounds like Storm when she does that, and it just it drives me up the wall a little bit. But, but yeah, she's so, a very yeah, lovable we, character. She is. She right from the start, she is lovable. Yeah, you know, and that's one thing she does really well. Um, they play on the fact that she's a bit weird. She's English. Um, yeah, absolutely. You get, yeah, you get a weird joke here, and I'm not like she goes, "Oh, just pop into the toilet." You do have one, don't you? Is that supposed to be on a play on the English having outdoor toilets back in the day? Is that? That's a really good point. Um, it, I just never quite got that joke. I'm not sure if that's just me. I'm just because gonna... she was looking at the script here. It, uh, I'll pop into Lou. Oh, I love America when he says that they have one. Uh, so I'm not sure if that's. I mean, I you do um, have toilets in England. I'm just going to throw that out there. Maybe, yeah, maybe that is a reference. <laughs> to the, that, that, that's one of the things I love about this show is that even having seen every episode in double digits, as we kind of go back through them, there are kind of gags and jokes that I never really, they never landed before that I get now. Yeah. And um, I, mean, I'm, I, I, I always took it as sort of like back in the day when you had to go to a. You know, the, yeah, I mean, the I think just outside. Viable. I think that's a good, a good interpretation. Uh, of it, I think I could be wrong. Um, yeah. So yeah, Daphne and her psychic abilities introduced a kind of recurring gag across the series. Um, yeah, does the, she, and she does sometimes get things right. She does like spooky does. stuff. Like, yeah, I think of the I episode mean, when Eddie goes missing and she sees him yeah. by the billboard, and 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 this episode sets that up really that she, she gets something right and something wrong. She gets. She gets immediately that Martin was a policeman. Then yes. she immediately gets wrong that Frasier is not a florist. What's interesting then, to me is that, that that kind of preempts. I think Frasier can be a very feminine or a feminine character. He is, yeah. I think yeah. he's not a bloke's bloke. Sort Particularly of thing. as the as the series goes on, I, th I think maybe it might be the next episode um, when he he sits down in Cafe Nervosa with Niles and he kind of makes mm. a joke about well, makes a comment saying, you know, I don't ever want to get to the position where an ordinary black coffee isn't good enough for me. Obviously, we yeah. know that that quickly devolves into he orders the same thing Niles does. But he, yeah, he is not a bloke's bloke at all, and he gets very effeminate later in the in like seasons five, particularly. Maybe that's maybe that florist gag is preempting that in some way, or yeah, possibly. Yeah, he's got that voice as well that if he wanted to be intimidating, he could easily be intimidating. I mean, I've never seen him. Is it the boss? I think that he stars in. Um... I've never yeah, seen him in that. Yeah, I think, yeah it's called it's called bo just boss maybe. Um, boss. Um, boss. Yeah, he's, I'm he's just, like the mayor of of a of yeah. American city or something. Yeah. But ju just judging by the cover art and having never seen it, he looks like a more intimidating character. Yeah, like he to has that, that, that reduced edge to him, I think. Um, yeah. Whereas yeah. in this, he is not intimidating at all. No, but but obviously yeah. they make they make light of that in some really good episodes where he kind of yeah. loses it and has kind of a fight or conflict with someone, which I really like. Yeah. And we've got uh, an episode coming in a couple of episodes time where he goes to have his first like fight. Yes, we have. It's is, like the fourth yeah. episode in actually. Um, yeah, that's a really good one. That that yeah. be. Good. We also in this we got our first little French phrase. He, he says, "Our oh, Kelsey Priest when she says he does. He does when yeah. Daphne has had one of her premonitions. Yeah, I like which... that because French French is has a, a interesting relationship with this show. They they quote from it. They quote well, obviously Niles and Fraser speak it fluently. Yeah. And I mean, I've always loved French, and I've always been very jealous. That they can, yeah. they can speak this fluently. So Anything you say in French sounds sophisticated to me. Yeah, they're like the All fact right. that like they come up with the name for the restaurant as like that yeah. they open as Les Frères, yes. the Happy Brothers, and yeah, La Cigar Volante. I assume it's French. Yeah, the Cigar Volante. I think it, the, the flying cigar. That um, <laughs> is that what it means? Like yeah, so it literally has no kind of 
it makes no sense at all but it's really yeah. interesting in the, the fact that, that it becomes their kind of hub their go-to yeah. but it um, does sound fancy it really it does. does it does sound anything fancy. you put in french it sounds fancy yeah i mean yeah. that is that is the kind of yeah the gag that they're they're going for and it, it works yeah so well. yeah i mean i love in this episode as well how honest daphne is like mm. in this scene we get her say oh i'm just gonna go back in the toilet and enjoy your african erotic art <laughs> yeah and he what? has the african fertility statues on yeah. like on the shelves as well that they're reference in, in other episodes as well yeah his his style is eclectic but also erotic and also <laughs> bizarre in other ways um it is, I, don't, I don't really i'm not on board with everything he decorates his apartment with i don't think i mean there's some strange ones um, <laughs> he has like little um kind of roman helmets um or like spartan helmets and things like that yeah. and they look quite cool but there's never I mean, obviously he's a big antiquarian he goes collecting antiques but yeah. They never explained a lot of the, the things he has there, kind of the provenance behind them and why he's picked them. And we just, yeah. I mean, I always just get the feeling he likes them to look fancy. Like the way is when he gets, yeah. he, he loves his Mar- wealth. Yeah. Yeah. In a few episodes, he gets the Martha Paxton painting. Yes. And he loves it until the second he finds out that it's not a genuine Martha Paxton. He hates it. That is so good. I mean, there's a lot of yeah. comparisons there of my own dad who collects art. Um, yeah. And he would react in the same way. If he had something that he thought was by a really valuable artist that found out it wasn't, yeah. he would react just like Frasier does. Um, yeah. That's a really good episode just for sending up the art world, I guess. You know, I'm someone I, I like art and, you know, I like go to the museum. So I'm not gonna mm. I'm not gonna dump all over the art world, but <laughs> it does it does kind of poke fun at um kind of yeah, the navel gazing tendencies of people in the art world, particularly art critics, which yeah. I think he is obviously epitomizing in, in so many episodes, um, as does yeah, Noel. Definitely. So we have Daphne's introduction. She kind of established, Frasier doesn't, says to Martin, he doesn't want another person living in the house. They have a bit of back and forth about that. And then obviously that kind of, the bleak moment where they have that exchange and you think Martin's going to apologize. You think they're going to resolve it. And he just turns around and walks into the kitchen and yeah. Frasier leaves. But and it, it's, it's, it's sad. It's bleak. They, it is, but they're not afraid to do it, and that's what's great about a sitcom. For sure, it's the, it's the first because, episode, and they're not afraid to make us question whether we like these characters or not. Like yet, yeah. Because um, in so many sitcoms, you see them, and everyone's like happy-go-lucky all the time. And then mm-hmm. great sitcoms, you see behind that sometimes. And you get this bit here from Fraser where he says about you know he's living in a new city, he's got a new job, he's separated from his little boy. You know, yeah, you I, I really see, love that. Yeah, it's moving. Yeah. I mean, to have in the first episode, to have a guy who's playing the lead in a comedic role and have him saying, you know, I've got a lot going wrong. There's a lot I'm trying to deal with in my life. Yeah, like he is, he's immediately presented as someone like, he's got a lot of baggage, psychologically speaking. Yeah. Well, um, obviously, the irony is a lot through this to show that he helps others but can never really mm. solve his own. And he jumps straight from that, like, quite emotional moment to this joke about... I was just about um, to say that, yeah. Yeah. Oh, gee, what a lovely burden. <laughs> oh, that was that was another one that was up there for my favourite quotes of this episode. It's such a good line. It's such it's a good just, line. Just classic yeah. John Mahoney, the way he delivers I meant, that. I meant burden in the most positive sense. <laughs> <laughs> so good. It's so good. And then, obviously, Martin's like, well, you're not the only one getting screwed here, you know. Two years ago, I'm sailing toward retirement and some punk robbing convenience store puts a bullet in my hip um yeah martin's hip obviously a big recurring plot device i guess mm. it's hard i would imagine it was hard for john mahoney to walk around with that cane all the time um, yeah i, I do think there are moments of character i do think there are moments where you 
I don't know, maybe you lose a little bit of it because there's times, I think, in the first few seasons where he actually moves quite quickly when he wants to. Yeah, I know what you and mean. Sometimes it looks like he's not actually like leaning on it when he should be. Like It's not yeah. replacing the weight of the dodgy hip at all. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I'm not sure. Like It doesn't always quite... I always, I never really got the impression just of how good or bad his hip was at any one stage. Yeah, you never, other than when he's doing exercises with Daphne, there's never yeah. really any kind of indication about how bad it is. And it's just, yeah, I mean, obviously we have this flashback episode a little bit later in the series where we, <clears throat> we get a bit of backstory to how it all happened. But yeah, the severity of it's always a bit questionable, which I think is interesting. Like, it, it, it's it's bad enough that he needs a live-in healthcare worker, but yeah. it's but not bad enough he's... that he can like yeah just go out on his own all the time yeah he seems to just be able to walk around the park and all that and just yeah walk like he's always the flat walking i really don't think he needs a living healthcare worker at all actually i think like, no, but we like daphne so she can stay yeah I, I mean i love daphne she has to be a character because she is so integral to so many of the plot points and obviously namely yeah. the relationship with niles oh which um, is a brilliant relationship it is and uh, <sighs> one thing a lot of people kind of debate um particularly on online forums and, and Fraser communities yeah. is where the, the quality starts to dip in the show. And I mean, as we both love it, I, I will watch every episode, um, you know, without question. I'm not someone who kind of discriminates between seasons, mm. but I, a lot of people do think that the getting together and the marriage of Niles and Daphne is when it starts to lose its um, kind yeah. of potency a little bit. I mean, do you agree oh, with that? Do you think? I, I agree to a sense. I think that up to that, I think if you if you ask me for my strongest episodes, they would all be before that point. But I don't think that's the reason for that. No, I don't I, think that. I don't. I don't. Yeah. You know, I mean, I know some people went, "Oh, yeah, well, you know, Daphne and Niles got together; it all went downhill." I don't think that's the reason. I don't know. I always. I don't know. I don't know if maybe for me the character of Frasier doesn't quite develop in the later seasons as I maybe saw him going or mm. or something like that but I don't think I like the idea that Daphne and, and Niles get together and you get to see them in both in a happy relationship yeah. you know in so many sitcoms you love these characters and they get together right at the end of the show and then the show ends and you never see them together that's I really, love the idea yeah that's a really really good point like obviously mm. for, uh, Ross and Rachel is the yeah it's the main one yeah, or they get to go for a bit. It doesn't work out. They split up. You know, I like the idea that with Niles okay, and Daphne, so the you do just get to see two people have Luke a great relationship that you've been wanting for so long. Been wanting for so long, and it also just world seems of so unlikely. Are you ever familiar with yeah, the, the dramatic Velez irony of the fact that not before watching this episode? Yeah, I think I've been on Wikipedia page after the rest of she get married to someone else. You know, yeah, I mean, the tension. I don't think it is. I think it's season six and season seven. Okay, that makes sense. We have this like, yeah, this bizarre story about a movie star in the 30s wants this beautiful suicide, but she's eaten enchilada combo plate <laughs> and takes a mixture of kind of, yeah, I assume laxatives and tablets and and ends up having a less than picturesque death, I think is the best way to say it. <laughs> That's but a good way to put it. In the, um, in, the, in the way like Roz delivers this, although it's a pretty disgusting slash hilarious story, uh, there's a bit of, I don't know, there's a bit of heart in it as well. Like she's genuinely reaching out to Frasier and trying to help him, I think. Yeah, I mean, he does help. I mean, Frasier himself then uses that story to help one of his callers. Mm, um, exactly, yeah. But, but it is it, it does have a point to it. I mean, things, you know, may not be what you plan. 
but sometimes they work out because I tell you what, I don't know if Lupe Velez wanted to be remembered, but I will never forget her name as long as I live. Neither will I. An old <laughs> picture, perhaps not the nicest thing in the world, but yeah. you know, he's burned into my I've head. never seen one of her films, but I know who Lupe Velez is. <laughs> but it's the fact that Roz finishes that anecdote with, you know, Fraser says, is there a reason you're telling me this story? And she says, yes, even though things may not happen like we planned, they can work out anyway. She could have said that originally. Um, and it would yeah. have carried the same gravitas. But she chooses this anecdote, and I think, you yeah. know... I love her change that. in tone as she delivers it as well. Yeah. Because she yeah. sets the scene so nicely. And as soon as she mentions, like, the enchilada combo, her tone changes, and it's fantastic. Yeah, you know something something's terrible is going to happen in this story. But just great, great example of Perry Gilpin and her unique voice, how she kind of lends herself. A lot of great voices in this show. I mean, hers is great. Frazier's is obviously... <laughs> great the whole device of his of his job revolves around um his voice but uh yeah it's a show where the physical acting is great but also i think general like line delivery is particularly high quality yeah definitely you know it's, <coughs> it's something i think as well particularly perry does so well um mm. what i will say is looking at the script here uh, there is a reference to Lu- um, lupi velez's death that um i don't know really? if you've got what, in front what, of you what it, say on there uh, it says, in fact, the Los Angeles papers uh, reported Lupi's suicide as though she carried it off as planned. The sordid details were kept quiet and for a long time existed only as rumour. Wow. So the more That's in brackets on this script, so I don't know. So there could be some truth to it. Yeah, I'm, I'm Googling it now. <laughs> okay, you have a Google. So while you're Googling um, that, we have a really touching moment where Frazier says, right, we're back. Roz, who's our next caller? Roz, we have Martin on line one. He's having a problem with his son. And we have, of course, Martin phoning in and speaking to Frasier. But both of them maintain this veneer of anonymity. They pretend they don't know each other. Yeah. And it's I think it's just a, such a compelling and effective way of doing this scene, of them resolving the, the episode's tension. I think this just works so so nicely, the fact that they use the medium of, of the phone call. It's just, we, we, we touched on this at the, at the beginning of the episode of the podcast, but yeah, just a really great resolution, I think. Yeah, it's really, it's beautiful. And it's just this beautiful father-son relationship. Um, yeah. And it's the perfect way for someone like Martin, who at this stage we've not seen, seen shown a lot, if any emotion, you know, or fragility. Absolutely, to, yeah. To have that medium to actually to say these things to his son and then immediately after want to win the, like, the battle. Yeah, you know? yeah. So sure. thank you. Did you hear what I said? I said thank you. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yes, just... I heard. Um, <laughs> yeah, and I love the fact that that's a really competent kind of segment on Frasier's show. So if you're if you're in Seattle, in the Frasier world, listening to the show at the time, yeah, um, that's a really competent, strong kind of. Um, it's emblematic of everything that's good about Frasier's show and why he's so popular. And obviously, at the yeah. beginning of the episode, Roz is decrying him because he's rubbish. Um, you know, he he called John with the identity complex. Jeff, <laughs> Jeff. yeah, um, it might not be yeah. John, but you know, all these little mistakes he made. And then at the end, when he needs, it needs to count. He makes it count. Yeah. yeah it's and a he perfect. does give meaningful advice. He does, you know. He, yeah. Niles might call them accessions and, and yeah. bite-sized kind of useless bits of info. But... And often the viewers, the listeners or the callers rather, themselves never actually get to hear the advice because he's accidentally hung up on them. Yes, but or switched lines. It is, yeah, it is good advice though. <laughs> it is good advice. And I think there is, there is a, you know, there is a, there's a feedback with the, with the audience that ring in and they're often very praising of him and thank him a lot. And, yeah. Um, He's very he's held in very high esteem in, in yeah. the world of the show. So for all his shortcomings, um, I think, yeah. He he he's yeah. good at what he does. So then, really that is 
yeah, I mean, is there anything kind of beyond that point you wanted to mention, beyond that scene? Uh, no, but the one thing I will say is Lupi Valesse, I've Googled mm. it. Uh, she, <laughs> no, it, it. It is a myth, it's not true. Right, um, okay, so the people the, that wrote this script have also coloured the urban legend in some regard. Yes, and it was an urban legend which started in the 1959 book Hollywood Babylon by Kenneth Anger, but it is not true. Apparently, she would have passed out on the bed. So, That's uh, good, I like the I like the reference you found for us there. For, for fans yeah. of Ruby Velez, you know, yeah. you've just given us a nice bibliography to go in. Yeah. But that brings really the pilot, the good son, to an end. Um, yeah, a really strong, really there. strong pilot. A really strong pilot. Um, probably not the same that could be said about the state of this podcast episode when I finish editing <laughs> it, but we'll see. Um, but, you know, we have to start somewhere. Um, yeah. So next week we'll be looking at Space Quest, which is episode two of um, of season one. Um, I actually really like Space Quest. Uh, it's, it doesn't kind of have any of the, the baggage of, of, of the pilot. It just kind of jumps straight in. Um, yeah. So looking forward to discussing that. But... Uh, as, I think first appearance of Bulldog, I think, in that yes. episode. Yes, so yeah. a lot to look forward to. Bob Bulldog Bristol yeah. making an appearance. Yeah. Um, but aside from that, thank you very much for listening. Uh, I've yeah. been Will. I've been Kay. And this is We're Listening. <laughs>